All right. Good evening. Welcome in. Lions win it today. Big time divisional win over Minnesota, 34 to 23. And it just felt like this one was never in doubt. It it felt like they were in the driver's seat for about three quarters. Felt like they were in the driver's seat for at least 30 minutes of football. Even going into the half 14 to seven, you felt like, all right, geez, that left some points out there on the missed field goal at the end of the half. But it just, it, you know what it feels like, Blake? It, it, it feels like when the older bully's picking on a kid and he's got his arms stretched out on his forehead and the little kid's swinging underneath and he can't, he couldn't get any closer. It, that's what it felt like they were doing the, to the Minnesota Vikings. Yes, of course, Dalvin Cook's going to get his. Yes, Justin Jefferson is going to get his. But at no point did it feel like this team was out of control. It felt like they were very much within their game plan, and they executed it, and they got the win today, 34-23. Even when it was a one-score game, I didn't feel like there was no panic. And, and, and that, to me, is the most tangible difference with this year's Lions team, with this with this organization as it stands now. And and look, look. For a, as the some of the more untimely blunders that Dan Campbell has exhibited throughout the season, I feel at least the other half of the time he's making the right decisions. And whether or not he is learning from those mistakes and growing from them, I oftentimes feel like they are doing things the right way. And 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 Blake, look that that is a that's a weird place to be as a Lions fan. Obviously, you know that. Did did you ever feel like they were they were you know in, in a spot to lose this game? It just never felt that way for me. No, I agree. It seemed like they were in control right from the start, and the Vikings for. As explosive, explosive as their offense can be, they have a really hard time playing from behind. Mm-hmm. So at that point, you're in a good spot. Look, I, I think the Minnesota Vikings at at you know before the Lions won today, ten and two, it, that felt very fake. That, that that doesn't feel like a ten and two football team. Yes, they were banged up, some guys out, and and that played maybe a, a little bit of a role, but I mean. You know, offensively, they are they are loaded, and and Kirk Cousins today just having a huge day. I mean, just a, a master class. Uh, thirty one for forty one, four twenty five, two touchdowns. I mean, my goodness, Dalvin Cook really though could never get much going. Averaged one and a half yards a carry had the one touchdown early on, and then the fumble. Justin Jefferson, 223 yards on 11 catches. TJ Hawkinson, 77 yards on six catches, and Adam Thielen, 65 yards on seven catches. It, this is what Minnesota does. But for for all of that, for all of that, 
Lions still won by double digits. And I, I, this team is just there. I mean, look, they're just different. And, and, and I think a lot of credit, you got to give a lot of credit to these coordinators. I think Aaron Glenn, the, the, the difference between where this defense was at one and six and then where this defense has come over the last six games. Lions have won five of six, and this defense, I mean, it is a 180. This is a completely different unit. And whether it's Aiden Hutchinson, uh, you know, changing the way he lines up at the line of scrimmage, you know, at Michigan, primarily Aiden Hutchinson was in the three-point stance. He'd have a hand in the dirt. But he's doing a lot of 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 the two point stance where he's upright. He doesn't have his hand on the ground, um, and that has completely changed his game. Um, and I mean, you, you go right right on down that line. Um, I, I, Isaiah Bugs is a problem on the interior. Aleem McNeil is the problem on the interior for opposing defenses. Um. So yeah, I, I I think the way that this defense has evolved, Aaron Glenn, Aaron Glenn deserves a ton of credit. And then I think Ben Johnson. I mean, look, <laughs> if there is a guy that's going to get head coaching looks in the NFL this year, it's going to be Ben Johnson. The way that he has has tailored this offense to their weapons. And then the way that that Jared Goff is playing, it, it yep, yeah, it, it, it's why you can trade a TJ Hawkinson and not miss a step, not miss a beat. It's why you can fleece the Vikings basically twice in a calendar year with with trades, and then almost beat them twice, right? Like that's how you do it. Because when you've got competent coordinators like Ben Johnson, and 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 I even am back to including Aaron Glenn in that mix, this is what you look like. This is what happens. And I think the Lions are in a very good spot with those two. And and look, I, I think you got to do whatever you can to try to keep those guys for another year. I don't think Aaron Glenn's going anywhere, but I think you better do whatever you can to keep keep a guy like Ben Johnson around. Just have to, because look, next year this thing could be really something. And I want to talk about that next, because you know a, a lot was made about how long this rebuild was going to take. And I, I like I get your thoughts on the other side too. I. I I think this thing has accelerated. And I'll give you a couple of reasons why as we continue this evening right here on WJR Sports Wrap. More coming up next right here on WJR. So I think a lot of the thought process of 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 this fan base as we sit today, or at least two weeks ago, I think the idea here was that this team was two years away. This team was two years away from being real contenders, not only in the division, but just on a broader NFL landscape, in the NFC, whatever it is. I'm going to tell you next year's the year. And, and, and just from what I've seen 
over the last two and a uh, three quarter seasons, a year, uh, one and a three quarter seasons. I think it starts at the very, very top. I think it starts with Brad Holmes and some of the, the, not only the intelligent identification of really good players, but then the ability to, to, to shed the anxiety, the fear of making a bad move because you feel you don't want to lose the player or you don't want to lose the value or whatever it is. You make the move that you think is best and you, 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 you play the, the hand with the cards you're dealt. And I think Brad Holmes deserves all the credit in the world. Just no matter, really, no matter how the rest of this season goes, I think this guy has shown you enough that he can bat, you know, I, I, I don't know, 300, right? This guy's batting 350. That's good enough. That's what you want. You're not going to bet 1,000, but I need you to go out and get players. And Brad Holmes has done that at every level. I think Dan Campbell is a guy that has showed you a couple of things, twofold. One, he's made a lot of mistakes this season in particular that have been rough. But he's come out the other side over the last six games which a, with a much different looking team. And that's a lot of that's a that's a credit to Dan Campbell for the way he's not only been able to keep this team together, but they've rallied. And they've performed at a much different pace than they were the first seven games of the year. But I want to take a look at the player perspective. Because I don't think you need to go out and get a quarterback anymore in this draft. I'm sorry, I don't. I think I think Jared Goff's your guy. That's and, exactly and you know what, what? I was going to ask you. Uh, you know, Blake, I don't. I think at the beginning of the year, I would have been. I would have been bummed out if that's where I was at this point in the season, right? Because you want what whatever's next. But I'm going to tell you, in this league, when you've got a guy that's proven and that is continuing to prove why he deserves to be in a spot, it's Jared Goff. Jared Goff is the poster child for this now. Because, look, let me direct you to uh, New York, where this team will be playing in, uh, when's this Jets game, next weekend? Look what's going on out in New York. Zach Wilson, highly drafted. Nope, you stink. Let's give it to Mike White. Who? Yep, you're right about that. I'm sure nobody knows who Mike White is. Oh, and by the way, Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco is still on this roster too. I mean, look, I it, it, just because you want the next wave, you want the new, it doesn't work. Hell, look what's going on out in in San Francisco. I go. I know Trey Lance got hurt, but that's another guy, just another guy that could just be getting washed up. Because Brock Purdy's taking over, baby. 
We're going to talk about that. Brocktober. I look, and then here, here. Let, let, let me continue to go down this list. All right. How's uh, how's Aiden performed so so far this year? Would you give him a thumbs up or a thumbs down there, Blake? He's pl- pl- played pretty well. Thumbs up. How about uh, how about Malcolm Rodriguez? How's Rodrigo been playing? You like the way Rodrigo plays there, Blakey? Yes. Yeah, pretty good player. How about Kirby Joseph? How's he been playing? Pretty good. How about James Houston out of Jackson State? How's he been playing the last couple of weeks? This guy comes up from the practice squad and already has the second most, second highest sack total among rookies. How's he doing? I, I, I mean, you go down the list of guys that that this team has drafted. Derek Derek Barnes, another guy, didn't play today, but another contributor. And, and somehow Alex Anzalone is still a, is still a a a highly effective linebacker on this defense. Look, all I'm telling you is that this team is able to identify talent. They are able to identify talent. They're able to acquire talent in different ways, which is incredibly important in the NFL. But you can go back and and look at these mid-round picks. Kirby Joseph, Malcolm Rodriguez, some of these undrafted guys, and you just... You see it. You see it. And you know what? I think there were a lot of people that went through that stretch of uh, a few weeks ago where it was uh, Green Bay and then Chicago, and you're like, well, those two teams stink. Well, no, they're beating good teams now. They're beating legit teams. And and they almost beat Buffalo. So... This, this, this is this at this point in time. I view this as you get to have your cake and eat it too. You're going to get a top five pick because the Rams stink. And and spare me from this Baker Mayfield nonsense. But the Rams stink. You're going to have a top five pick probably. All right. And what's just sweet about that is that. You got it. It's in your pocket. You traded Stafford. Stafford went, had a nice year last year, won himself a Super Bowl. Uh, you were drafting number two this year. You're going to draft in the top five. I think it's so important that this team make the playoffs. I think it's so important, important from a mental mindset, from a foundational perspective, that they make the playoffs this year. I don't care if they get blown out, but the fact that you make it, the fact that you take those lumps, the fact that you, you 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 go in and you learn with the guys that you've got up top and the support staff around those people that are obviously able to identify talent, you feel pretty darn good about going into the draft. Feel pretty darn good about day two, day three. Feel really good about a coaching perspective as long as you're keep able to keep some of these guys on board. I think the way this sets up for them, you make the playoff this year. You do everything you can to make the playoffs. And then next year, we are having a very different conversation in training camp. 
we are having a very different conversation about what this team can do in the NFC North, and we are having a very realistic conversation in my mind about what can be accomplished next year. Blake, is that crazy? No, I don't think so. And I think you're right. Like, for how young this roster is. Second youngest roster in the league. And very, I mean, who has playoff experience besides Jared Goff on this roster? I mean, who's a main player? Who who else besides Jared Goff? uh, uh, um, Jamal Williams. We'll have had playoff experience. Um, but that's it. Yeah. Of of note, I mean, Alex Anzalone uh, will will have had playoff experience. Getting playoff experience, huge is huge, huge, huge. I I, I just don't think that can be undersold here. So I know a lot of people say, "Well, geez, guy, are we." <laughs> If we could have two top 10 draft picks, I'd be no, no, no. You're able to have your cake and eat it too. You're able to make the playoffs and lose, and that's okay. You're able to learn. This team will be able to learn from that. You'll be able to get to that stage, and whether or not you perform is, is, is not the point. The point is you're able to get there. And then... You can have a nice draft pick thanks to that just master class of a trade uh, that Brad Holden made sending Matt Stafford away. And so, you're going to end up playing a team that you've already played. Correct. Correct. So I, I don't think it can be undersold what's happening here. And I know that, and look, I, I was never really down on Dan Campbell. Really, I wasn't. But the thought had definitely crossed my mind. Like, I, I, I don't know if we can, you know, geez, we, feels like we'd have another three wins on this season. Aside from some of the poor decisions that Dan Campbell has made late in games, late in, 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 the, in the first half. And it just feels like those wins are so valuable in this league. If, if we have a coaching problem or a time management problem or a clock problem and we can't get that figured out and that's what's costing us games, well, that's a problem. But the way that in totality we've looked at this now through this point in the season, you got to really like where this team's at. You got to look now you're all in. I need you to be all in. That place today was jam-packed, standing room only, and raucous. And look, when you've got that type of of fan participation, uh, good things are going to happen, at least when you're at home. So I think it's really important that this team, uh, I know it's ridiculous, but try to make the playoffs. Okay. Really, though. You get there, and, and and this looks a lot different going forward. All right, I want to get you caught up on what else is going around um, uh, the NFL tonight, today. Uh, also, I want to talk a little college football next. We'll do that as Sports Wrap continues right here on WJR. Don't go anywhere. Sometimes you find out things about people that you just didn't know. I didn't know. 
I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know our our Blake is an orphan. Yes. I didn't know that he's just out in the cold in a in a basket on the stoop of a firehouse. I didn't know this. What's wrong with you? <laughs> why don't you have an NFL team? I don't have an NFL team. Why why is that? Uh so growing up the Lions always stunk. So I was uh-huh. like, I'm not gonna be a fan of that team. And uh-huh. then uh Why if Cubs fans can do it, why can't you? <laughs> you wanna hear the ironic? Sign part? up for a life of misery. I'm an, I'm a Cubs fan. Oh, well that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> there, there there's only so much heartache you can have in your yeah. life. Yeah. Um I don't know. I've just never latched on to an NFL team. I've latched on to like players. But I've never See, that's latched onto I'll a team. Understand. Yeah, I don't understand that. Um, but you, but I, you know me. I'm like, I'm a very passionate Michigan fan. You are. You're a big college guy. You, you, you are a. You are. If if you if I gave you one day a week to watch football, you're watching football on Saturdays. Yeah, hundred percent. And I agree. I, I agree. I am with you. I am a college guy through and through. Um, but I do love the NFL, and and I love the Lions, and. I, I'm ready to get hurt again. I am, because look. Well, well okay, let me ask you this: What's it going to take? What's for, it going to take for me to be a Lions fan? Yeah, yeah. What's it going to take? Because uh, here's the greatest part about this: is you don't have any allegiance at all. Yeah. So you don't you don't have to feel like you're you're betraying a fan base or you're betraying the colors or the helmet or the logo. You don't have to do that. No, but like you, amongst you friends, amongst friends, I've dogged them enough in my life because they have been bad that I don't know if I can pull it off. Like right. I've, well, I've I, said mean I'll, things. I'll tell you what, I'll work with you on this. All right. I'll talk to your friends. We'll have an intervention. We'll get this done. I, need a, look, I need a playoff win. Now's the time. No, you don't. No, you don't. Shut up. No, shut up. That's not, you you don't need that. (laughs) I need one in my life for me to be like, oh, I can root for this team. No, you do not. (laughs) You just, you just come on over. Look, look, now I'll give you uh, a, now free ticket to ride. You're on the bus. You just got to step on. You just got to step on. All right. I want you to think about this. We'll revisit this in a little while, but I, I need you to, you need to get on board now. Now, you're, you're, uh, don't let if this thing go past you. there was ever a time you, to jump on a bandwagon. Don't let it go past you. Because there's only so much room at Ford Field. Don't let this thing drive right by you and you don't hop on. There, you got a front row seat waiting for you. On the on the Lions Greyhound, you just gotta hop on board. It's there for you, Blake. There are moments in people's lives that 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 change them and alter them, and you don't want to just be caught flat footed. You better you better get on board here. Can I can I be honest with you? No. I okay. I, I want to leave it. it right there. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. Let me hear what you got to say. The, I I was very close to being a Bills fan a few years ago. 
Oh, of course you were. Bef- because oh, of course you were. Now, can you, I give you, know you my what? reason? Blake, no, because Blake's on TikTok. He likes people falling through tables and uh, and, 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 and hammered wearing silly hats. <laughs> That's what Blake likes. They have a very, like, college football it's true. atmosphere community. Like yeah. that's the closest thing to college football in the NFL is the Buffalo Bills. They throw so sex toys on the field. Yeah, this is Blake. No, I get it. Does that make sense? I understand. I feel yeah, like that does. fits my personality. It does, but uh, but I think. Um, I mean, I Lions fans I, are raucous, and I how, just don't how think passionate they are fan. for how bad that team has been. Like that takes a lot. I'm not denying yeah, I'm not, that. I'm gonna say that you're not a Bills fan. I don't. I just don't see it. I can't fully buy into anything. But that's like you would if you would have told me like in hockey you're a big uh, Coyotes fan. It just feels wrong. It doesn't feel right. Like that doesn't feel like a fit. All right. Well, I'll t- just think about this. Will you please just think about it for you? Yes. Okay. Um. All right. Get you caught up. What else is going around in the NFL? Uh, halftime in. Uh, mile high Chiefs Broncos Chiefs on top of Denver 27 to 14 49ers all over the Bucks uh, at halftime 21 to nothing um, halftime in Seattle Panthers over the Seahawks 20 to 14 uh, some finals in the NFL Bills top the Jets 20 to 12 That's my Bills yeah uh, Bengals beat the Browns 23 to 10. The Browns are back to being the Browns. How about the Cowboys? 10 and three on the year. Texans gave them a go. Uh, late clutch comeback. Cowboys win it 27 to 23. Uh, Eagles all over the Giants in that NFC East matchup 48 to 22. Ravens beat the Steelers 16 to 14 uh tonight's game in la i almost said san diego but i didn't i said la chargers hosting the dolphins um i want to talk a little college football here uh speaking of because we now have a heisman trophy winner and it's caleb williams and as a as the head of the uh, Caleb Williams uh, fan club. I thought it would be right to give Blake an opportunity to wow. to speak about his Messiah uh, winning the Heisman Trophy. Um, were you surprised it was Caleb Williams? I was a little. Um, I thought that Stetson. You thought Will Levis was going to win. Yeah. You know I'm a big Will Levis guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I actually thought Stetson had a good chance because of just how good that team has been. And he hasn't put up, like, crazy numbers, but he's been so consistent. Um, But, I mean, I think Caleb is the best QB in college football, so it makes sense. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I, I wasn't totally shocked by it. I was a little shocked, but but not totally. Um. And now you look to next year in, in some of the front runners. Uh, Drake May at North Carolina is awesome. a name that's being talked about. Yeah, I know you're a big Drake May guy. Uh, Chandler Morris at TCU, um, who beat out Max Duggan in camp. Um, and I know Sonny Dykes loves Chandler Morris. 
Um, so maybe if there isn't a, a quarterback controversy there, but I mean, I think Duggan. You know, this is Duggan's, Duggan's could last year of eligibility. I'm pretty sure. Oh, he's, is it? I he's thought... been at in college for like seven years. Okay, I thought yeah, he's I thought he had TCU one more year forever. of eligibility. Yeah. Okay, I thought he had one more year. Um, Arch Manning at Texas, the soon to be freshman. That doesn't make any sense. Quinn yeah, is going to start next year. Correct. And is good. Un- I mean, unless Arch Manning comes in and just turns Austin upside down. But I don't think, I see, I don't think Texas, that's not true. I think Quinn Ewers was pretty bad against TCU. But I don't think that all of Texas's deficiencies are on Quinn Ewers. No, not at all. So I don't know that he will have done enough to lose his job. But, I mean, also, you know, J.J. took over for Cade. And I'm not comparing Cade to Quinn Ewers, but, you know, the kid was pretty spectacular here last year. Um, Kyle McCord at Ohio State, um, uh, another... Highly recruited kid, but I mean, geez, he, I, I don't even know how you could put him in the discussion because he has Marvin Harrison Jr. still next year. Okay, that's well, about great. the only reason. Okay, wonderful. I, I, and and how did how did that turn out for him? Yeah, great. Yeah. Um, Jordan Travis at uh, Florida State. Uh, Michael Penix, who is 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 returning. To Washington to play for his 19th year <laughs> for the Huskies. Uh, Donovan Edwards. Uh, and if Blake Corum returns, possibly Blake Corum. Marvin Harrison Jr. Although I got to be honest, it feels it feels more and more, I guess only because it's been over the last few years. I think it's really hard now for a receiver to win the Heisman. I mean, Devonta Smith did it the COVID year. Uh, Does that yeah, one count? Yeah, and I, I got to be honest. I just don't really count it. It's a fake trophy. It's not fake. Yeah, I think I that's just, what you said. It's just, it feels different. Who was the last receiver to win it before Devonta Smith? Get on that. Looking. So look, I, I, I all these like too early stuff. It's not my thing, but again, I think there are some legit names that you can look at. And I, is Caleb Williams a guy that you don't consider either? The fact that you didn't know this one, and I didn't know this one is is not. Who good. is it? Desmond. Desmond was the last receipt. Devonta Smith, I, Desmond Howard, Desmond Howard. And then Tim Brown in 87. Whoa, 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 whoa. They're the only three. Wait a second. Yes. There's only been three receivers ever to win the Heisman? Yes. Okay. So um, then I'm really right. I, I, wouldn't have, I wouldn't have told you that. So, it's, so it was Devonta Smith la, uh, in 2020. Yes. And then Desmond in 91 before that. And okay. Then, yep. So this is not, it's just M- Marvin Harrison can't do enough to win the Heisman. All right. You'd have to have like 2,000 yards. Yeah. I mean, which is just, okay, get out of here. 
with Kyle McCord throwing you the, the football? Okay. So, uh, look, that ain't happening. I, I To me, you know, Caleb Williams is the guy, but whatever. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about Michigan coming up on the other side. So we'll do that coming up uh, as well. Uh, and, and and just to, to close out the show, um, I, I told you, you got to be, you got to be careful about what you wish for about a quarterback, especially, especially a rookie quarterback coming into the NFL. And you just don't know. I, I'll give you a couple of examples why you should throw caution to the wind. We'll do that next. The sports rep continues here on WJR. Don't go anywhere. All right. Welcome back. Gridiron rap coming your way at 7.05 tonight. Stick around. Bill Kish, Sean Belegian, uh, breaking down football across the league. Um, and Bill's just an encyclopedia. I mean, the stuff he knows. Um, you got to stick around. Um, I, I do want to talk a little bit about Michigan. Because, look, for a second consecutive year, they beat Ohio State. I told you they would. For a second consecutive year, they went on to win the Big Ten title. Told you they would. And you're going back to the college football playoff. And this is a situation where I think that a lot of the knocks against Jim Harbaugh has been, well, what's taken so long? Year seven, year eight, and now you're finally there. And if there has been one identity, I mean, I'm talking about steadfast and true identity football. If there is one common denominator at every level that Jim Harbaugh has coached, San Diego, Stanford, 49ers, or now at Michigan, He had an offensive line. And building an offensive line doesn't just happen in a year. It doesn't just happen in two years. And you go back all the way to when when Jim took over the job in 2015. You know, Brady Hoke was a great recruiter, and he was able to get a lot of talent in here. They were never really able to have a cohesive offensive line. And building that depth back up from when it was depleted, even going back to Rich Rod, it takes it takes years, or it, it, it can take years to finally find the, the, the right special sauce and then pair that with conditioning and then pair that with finding the right guys in the right order and then building that chemistry. It, it, it is incredibly difficult and probably one of the most difficult things to do when you're building a football team. And so, yes, it's taken years longer than I had expected, but now they're, they're here. And, and Jim once again has found the identity that he has had at every location where he has been a head coach. He's got a dominant offensive line. They will win the, uh, the, the 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 award again for best offensive line in the country. They are that good. They are that imposing, and and it's I think it's it's right. But 
my question is, from a confidence perspective, and, and I want to paint this picture for you very delicately, because as much as I'd love to play Ohio State again, I don't think you really want that as a Michigan fan. And and look, for as good as Georgia is, I'm going to go ahead and say that everybody's beatable. Everybody's beatable. And I'm operating under the assumption that you beat Max Duggan and the Horn Frogs. I think you beat TCU, all right? So I'm going to just pen in Michigan in the natty. Blake, I, I want to know. I want to know from you. Who you want to play in the national title game? Georgia. Agreed. We already beat as much, State. They don't deserve As it. much as I would love, truly, you know, it's funny. All my algorithms on social media changed after that Ohio State game because I was watching the meltdown in Columbus. So I, all my algorithms were was Ohio State stuff. <laughs> Mine did the same thing. Because I was soaking up all the Buckeye tears. <laughs> I have them saved in a little vial. I keep it on my nightstand. I just I I couldn't get enough. So as much as I would love, love to revisit that and then basically bury this team for three three times in a little over a year, um, I don't know that you really want that. I don't think you re and I just I don't know. I don't think you really want it. Although I do think that this program, I think that they've flat flatlined the Buckeyes. I think, you know, Brian Hartline, the wide receivers coach, talking about all the work they did in the dark and yada, yada. Well, they, they had 364 days to find an answer, and they couldn't. So I don't know what kind of answer they would find in six weeks. I digress. I still don't think you want it. So I think I think you want Mich- I think you want Georgia. And Blake, look. This is not the same Michigan team as it was last year. This team is better. Um and even going into the national championship game, again, operating under the assumption Michigan's beats TCU, which I think they will, probably by double digits. But this is not the same Georgia team either. And as good as Stetson Bennett has been, defensively, they are not as good. Offensively, they are not as explosive. And I think Michigan certainly, I mean, I whether or not, you know, Georgia's a, I don't think they're a 10-point favorite. Are they a seven-point favorite, seven and a half? I mean, I, I think if you're Michigan, you like those odds. And and I think it's a, it's a borderline toss-up. So I think you got to feel pretty good about that if you're a Michigan fan. But I just, you know, this this does not going into that game last year, Blake. I just remember thinking, this is it. It's it. We're not going to get to the national title game. There's no way we could beat Georgia. None. You had your day in the sun beating Ohio State in the big house. Snow was falling. It was it was majestic. And you go and and beat Iowa, slap them around in Indy, win the Big Ten title for the first time in a hundred years and we're we're just riding high. But I don't think going into that game against Georgia, there were any Michigan fans that thought, yeah, we got a shot here. 
it's not the case this time. I think, and look, you can call me crazy if you want. I just, I just don't think that that Georgia is unbeatable. And again, I operate under the assumption Georgia beats Ohio State because I think Ohio State is just morally, just they are they are completely busted. So right now, because they put out like lines that if these two teams would play. Mm-hmm. As of right now, Georgia would be a three-and-a-half-point favorite in the okay. national championship. Okay. So it's a toss-up. It's a toss-up. Also, as crazy as it is, Ohio State would be a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Over, over Michigan? Michigan? That's oh. insane. I'll take those all day. <laughs> all day. How, how, how could they possibly get that done? Can we can we just just real quick? How do they get that done? You couldn't you couldn't find a way to do it in a year. How are you going to do it in six weeks? How how could you possibly? You had the revenge factor all year, all year. How could you? How where could you muster that up from? Pray. Yeah, mm. I you better pray to something. I don't know who you're praying to to find that. That uh, juju, I don't think you want any part of that. I'll be honest. All right, that's going to do it. I'll tell you what, this is actually our final sports wrap uh, this evening. I appreciate you listening. Thank you very much. Don't go anywhere. Gridiron wrap coming your way at 7.05. Have yourself a wonderful 